Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What is good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis. And before I bring in my great co-host, Sam Gordon, just want to let you know uh, that Vegas Nation First and Ten is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and brought to you by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. Sam Gordon, we promised our listeners, and people who tune in, by the way, um, that we were going to talk about football. Yeah. The next time we reconvene, well, we reconvene. And in the time since we last spoke to you last week, the Raiders have been on the field. Not only have they been on the field, they've been in pads. Yeah. Hitting, getting after it, seeing a lot of physicality, seeing a lot of accountability, Sam Gordon. Uh, so there's a lot to talk about, finally. No, there certainly is, Vinny. And um, accountability, I think that that is, I think that that's a great word you mentioned. Um, it's been huge. You can yeah. really tell that is, I think, one of the um, the focal points. Yeah, Josh McDaniels and his staff are going to establish new systems in this offense and defense. But beyond that, without accountability, what good is, is everything else, right? No. If you're going to let things slide now, things are going to slide uh, later on. And we've kind of seen that. I'm sorry, but to be perfectly honest, as, as Derek Carr says, if we're being honest, um, <laughs> if we're being honest – the Raiders have had a tendency over the years to beat themselves, mm-hmm. all right, or put themselves in situations where uh, they had to work 10 times as hard uh, just to win a game that they probably should have won a little bit easier. Uh, and that comes down to silly mistakes, uh, silly penalties. The Raiders were the second most penalized team mm. in the league last year, and they're, they've annually been in that yep. spot, if not a little higher. But, Sam, of those penalties, and there were over 100 uh, of them, 44 of those penalties, the second most penalties in the league, uh, were pre-snap penalties. And were we talking about pre-snap penalties? Guys jumping off sides defensively, guys moving early offensively. Those are mistakes that you could – a holding call, that's subjective. Uh, You can argue sometimes and maybe you have a point. Yeah. I didn't hold on that play. What are you talking about, you know? And you, you might actually have an argument, but there's you either jump off sides or you don't. You either move before the ball snaps or you don't. That's on you. A thousand percent, Vinny. And again, this is, um, you know, Josh McDaniels coming from New England, disciple of Bill Belichick, who runs as tight of a ship right. as there is. I mean, you look at New England annually, one of the least. They, they don't right. do that stuff. Right. They don't beat themselves. Right. You had to come out and beat the New yes, England Patriots. Exactly. That right? was that, hard enough. And that was hard enough. That hasn't been the case with the Raiders. The Raiders will will give you points. They will yes. give you yards, right? Consistently, right. and you know, even incremental changes. If it even gradually, I mean, yards are yards. That's right. going to put you in a better position to win games. So, yeah, it starts right now. It starts in training camp. That's when you build some of those those habits. We've seen right laps, push ups, all of the above, just in an effort to hey, tighten up the little things, right? That don't so so that way, you, you know, when you. Like the, the holding penalties and the, like the, the ones that happen in the flow of the game, those are bad enough. You don't need any extra stuff that you can control before the, the snap is even. Control being uh, the key word. Um, and, and, you know, as, as, and we're going to get into some sound here from Josh McDaniels kind of uh, explaining it and what the thought process is uh, behind it. And I found uh, his, his comments to be really interesting. It almost sounds, you know, you could say, oh, that's a cliche, but there's, there's, there's something real behind that. And you have to emphasize it. And, and, uh, it, it, learning how to win also means learning how not to lose. Yeah, it's just yeah. a fact of matter. And 
the Patriots have done a tremendous job, obviously, of that uh, over the years because they don't beat themselves. And it's hard enough, as we said, beaten when they had Tom Brady and all that great talent and Bill Belichick and all that great coaching. It was hard enough just to deal with that one-on-one. Um, but the fact that they're not yeah. giving you opportunities to beat them yeah. makes it uh, that much uh, uh, more difficult. And, and, and here's Josh McDaniels talking about how uh, learning how to win and learning how not to lose are really, uh, you know, uh, uh, two sides of the same coin. It's the same. You can't win until you learn how to not lose. Right. That's at the end of the day, that's it. You know what I mean? And so, you know, if we fumble the ball on the ground, we're going to lose, you know, so we can't win. And so to me, you don't do one without the other. Um, So coaching our team and getting them to understand that if we commit a bunch of penalties, if we turn the ball over, you know, more than than other teams do, um, we're not going to win. And so we have to learn how to not put ourselves in those positions and that those are the most important fundamentals that we can do, you know, in terms of the big picture is don't hurt yourself, you know, make the other team do it, you know, make the other team earn it every single play, every single quarter, every single game. And until any team learns how to do that, you just, you're, you're giving the other team too much of an advantage too often. Sam, um, you know, this can be applied to life yeah. uh, as well. You know, um, think about the times that you've been most disappointed in Sam or Vinny and Vinny, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, if we want to talk about when we played sports um, or, or whatever the case might be, uh, love, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, it, it's, it's one thing to lose to the better team. You tip your cap. You don't like it. Of course not. Uh, or lose something that meant something to you. Um, uh, you don't like it. But when you know you contributed to it, when you know deep down should have won that game, yeah. but we didn't hit our free throws or we turned the ball over too much or we were the stupid penalties or did something dumb, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah. When it's on you. Yeah. That's pain that is double the it's pain. It's devastating. I mean, just like, like with what we do, Vinny, like if I, you know, I've spelled people's names wrong, right? right? Like a small little fact there is that can mar a – you know, a good story, right? Like those are controllables. Those are like, those are false starts. Those are five yard penalties that with a little more care and a little more attention to detail, they don't happen. So that's, that's again, that is a, every, you know, great football team that, that there is a foundation there where they are not, those things don't just, they just don't happen. Right. You're not, you don't see, you know, teams that win the Super Bowl aren't the most penalized teams in the league, right? No, Generally not, right? No, no, no. So, Again, it's you're in the AFC West. You already got to deal with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and now Russell Russell Wilson. You don't want to be dealing with any silly penalties, any goofy turnovers that don't need to happen. Um, and, and you know, from my perspective, any from just from my vantage point, the there there seem there's buy-in. There is there is buy-in, and and, and not just amongst the the players are holding the players accountable. They are they 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 understand what's at stake this season. Yeah. And if you nip some of this stuff in the bud right now, right. You know, and, and and develop your positive habits and and are, are better on the line of scrimmage and just things like that. Then when it's December and you're playing, you know, a primetime game in, in cold weather, you're less like those things are less likely to happen. By the way, the the spelling the name wrong. Uh, there's not a worse feeling. Not a worse in the feeling. world. And I'll tell you this: back in the day, back in the day when it was just newspapers, um, and I would tell you know young journalists coming up, you know, think of it this way. You spell somebody's name wrong. What do you? What, what did people do back in the day? And they still do it now, but it's a little bit different because you have the internet. 
you cut you the the the, the story goes into a uh, a um, a binder or yeah. a, a scrapbook, right? Now imagine spelling somebody's name wrong, some kid's name is wrong in yeah. high school, let's say, and fit. F- 20 years down the road they they open up that scrapbook and they look at it and their name spelled wrong what are they going to think that idiot writer you yeah, know like yeah. so for for eternity you're going to be paying for that mistake in one form or that's why you know you take care in in those types of things but even that like that i would i would lose sleep over stuff like thousand so would i yeah, yeah so would and I. to this day yeah right, abs- absolutely and, and i mean you know go back to i mean a game that josh mcdaniels was involved in the 2018 afc championship game of Offsides penalty cost the Chiefs a game. Right. You know, a, something totally within control cost them the game. That's the difference between a Super Bowl and, and going home. You know, years ago when I was covering the Lakers, yeah. uh, they played the Sacramento Kings in the uh, 2020, 2001 or somewhere. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. In the Western Conference Finals. Sure. Right? Oh, yeah. And everyone remembers that series <laughs> if you remember basketball. It was a seven-game series. The Kings had home, home court advantage, right? Uh, by the way, Lakers won game one and game seven. In Arco Arena. Arena. So my job was to cover that series from the Sacramento Kings perspective, even though I was a, uh, you know, in LA. So I was just embedded with the, uh, with, with, the, with the Kings, right? All their practices. I got to know some of their guys. One guy in particular, Bobby Jackson, yeah. guard for Gold University of Minnesota. Oh yeah. That's right. So, um, you know, and I, I, I probably t- have told you this story cause you're a U of M guy, but, um, Lakers go and win game seven in Sacramento. And everyone was talking about the fouls that were called in, uh, I think it was game five, where you could probably make a case that the Kings got a little <laughs> yeah, yeah, homer, yeah. you know, a little home field advantage going to the Lakers. But anyway, uh, in the locker room after that game seven loss, uh, first of all, you could have built a boat and sailed away. That's how many tears were hitting the ground. I mean, it was just a cry fest. Sure. The Kings. I saw grown men crying yeah all right uh but then you there's also if you could just listen you'd hear man you know they were still talking about that game five loss or whatever game that was where you know uh it was out of hand in terms of the referee calls bobby jackson says come here so he's like look at this and he points to the box score all right and i i don't remember what the exact numbers were but they might have been like seven of 16 or something like that from the free throw line he goes all these guys are talking about how oh we got right if we hit our free throws, we win this game yeah. right here. So yeah. um, that's the type of thing where, again, when you when it's self inflicted, when you when you uh, fail at the controllable things, uh, that makes the pain that much worse. And we've seen it far too often from these Raiders over the years that that's really what's been you know part of what's holding them back. And and uh, you you brought up a good point just a second ago. They know what's at stake because they know that the talent is there. Yeah, yeah. They know the talent is there uh, in that locker room to go win a lot of football games. And and I think Vinny just again going back to the division, these margins are thin. Right. Right? The difference maybe between first place and third place in the AFC West could be a couple false start penalties. A couple false, yes, exactly. It could be a, a roughing the passer right. or something like that. Something that you know, you know, uh, you know, and you could debate sometimes on those roughing the passers. But then, if we're being honest again, uh, there's times where what were you thinking right there? Period. What were you thinking? Hitting somebody out of bounds. The the the, the again the self inflicted wounds and. For far too long, uh, I think that, um, you know, uh, Raider fans would agree that uh, the Raiders on the field have been sometimes their own worst enemy. Yeah. Uh, and and that's that, that was, you know, in, in, in recent years past, the roster wasn't even that good, too. So it was like just it was an absurdity um, in terms of the lack of talent and then the lack of accountability and the lack of poise and the lack of discipline. Here we have a team, I think, uh, in the Raiders that can 
talent for talent can compete with a lot of teams in this sure, league, if yeah. not every team in the league. I think Josh McDaniels understands that. And I think the players understand that as well. And I think the last thing that they want to have happen is for those silly mistakes to be what impedes them from getting where they want to get to. Yeah, for sure. And and that's, I mean, we'll see how it plays out, right, of course, as, as once the season starts. But I think, you know, if you – our Raiders fan, right? And and you see what's going on at training camp just in terms of the way guys are uniting and buying into just doing the extra stuff um and, and keeping themselves accountable when they make mistakes, you have to be encouraged. Right. That we didn't see that no. previously. And I'll I'll be perfectly honest. Uh I haven't seen dudes run laps in an NFL practice in a long time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, so it's this is not, you know, par for the course. Right. Uh, or, you know, uh, this doesn't happen everywhere. So um this is something new, uh, especially with the Raiders. That they've that they've brought over that this coaching staff has brought over uh, and the players are buying into it. They're not happy about it uh, as as you know uh, whether it was Dylan Parham, uh, the rookie uh, guard, saying nobody wants to run. Yeah, especially in this heat. You know, Lester Cotton telling Josh McDaniels, "Yo, Chief, I'm t- <laughs> I'm tired right now, man. I don't want to run any more of these laps." Well, that's the whole point, right? You know, right now, uh, as as painful as it is to take that long lap, and it's a pretty darn long lap in this kind of heat. Uh, that's pain, but it's going to pale in comparison to the pain you might feel in October when you blow a game yep. because of a silly mistake. A thousand percent. So that's that's it's huge. I think I think that piece again. We have to see how it plays out, but based on what I've seen so far, very it's very encouraging. Just kind of the the um, the new approach that, that the Raiders are taking to to the little things on right. the periphery. Like again, this is the NFL. You're in the AFC West, the best division in the league. Talent alone isn't going to get it done, right? It's it's about the little things within the margins and the margin for error. Especially, I think in this division this season, it's going to be so thin right. with with these games and with these teams that that again, a, a little mistakes um, may make a difference, and you want to you want to mitigate as many of those as possible. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign up locations across Las Vegas, so download the STN Sports app today. As we've mentioned, Sam is a, uh, a Minneapolis uh, kid. Uh, Sam, who would you say the biggest star ever from Minneapolis is? Um, from just like musical. Oh, this, come on, that, man. The purple one. Hey, the thank you very much. Uh, Prince, without question. Um, and here's the thing. I saw Prince in concert, you know, uh, at least 20 times. Oh, man. All right. You. At least 20 times. All right. And so here's the thing about Prince. When you watched him, especially perform, I mean, let alone the, forget the music. Yeah. Just listening to it was was uh, mind boggling. But when you watched him perform, um, and and how he made things look effortless, you know, from the dancing to the performing to the playing the instruments, um, and there's a Raider connection here, by the way. Um, you just marvel at it, but you also understand you don't make something like that look effortless unless you put the work. Period. In, period. It's way all behind the scenes gets it to that point. And that's what I was thinking about when I was watching Devontae Adams uh, on the practice field, right? You know, there's a presence to him, isn't there, Vinny? And I mean, it, yes. It's just everything is just a little sharper, right. a little more pri- precise, a little more crisp. Even in basic drills. Right. Everything is just – and you it, it, it's raised the stakes at practice. It looks effortless. Yeah. It looks effortless. And I, and I, I always hesitate to use the word effortless or, you know, because I know that it doesn't get to that point without – Hours upon hours upon hours of hard work. Uh, and it's pretty obvious that Devontae Adams has put the work in, right? <laughs> no, it certainly has, Vinny. And then we're talking about a guy, you know, first team all pro um in the prime of his career. Uh a one of you know, 
the, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, certainly top two or three, with whoever you want to make cases for. Uh, and and there's again, I it's it's hard to quantify, right? But just seeing him at practice and some of the plays he's able to make, and just kind of the way he carries himself, there's there's a, it's different. It just looks and feels different when you see a player of that caliber again, somebody on trajectory for a Hall of Fame career yeah. who was in in his at his apex and and one of the best most impactful players um, in the NFL. There there definitely is an effortlessness to it, and it the effect that I anticipate him having on the offense, whether it's just his production or whether it's everybody else, Derek Carr, um, it, it's going to be enormous. Yeah. I By mean, the way, one Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, appreciate that, you, that Vinny. Just, likewise. Yeah. That took on a, a life of its it own. It certainly did. The whole huh? thing. That was- I, I got my thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, a couple things. Number one, I felt like Devontae Adams definitely cleared it up, right? For sure. Um, he, he was basically saying, look, even if I was going from Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady, it's going to be there was going to be um, you know an adjustment. Two different quarterbacks, two different people, you know, uh, two different throwing styles, the whole nine yards. It was going to be an adjustment. That's what he meant when he was talking to Josina Anderson uh, in regards to going from one Hall of Famer to another. And everybody obviously ran with it, being oh. So you're saying that Derek Carr is a Hall of Famer. You're going from Aaron Rodgers Hall of Famer, which I think it's safe to say that he's going to be <laughs> yeah, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, good chance. To Hall of Famer Derek. He didn't necessarily mean that. However, what I really respected about uh, Devontae in this case was that don't don't ask me to sit here and take that back, though. I'm not going to do it. Um, and I like that. He had his quarterbacks back. He had his best friends back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he also understands where for where I want to go to. Super Bowls and all that. Yeah. Where I hope this team can go to Super Bowls and all that. Got to have the quarterback playing at a confident level and an assertive level. So I felt like um, he had his back in that regard. And who's to say what could happen? What if they reel off two Super Bowl wins over the next couple of years or five years or whatever? Not to say that's going to happen, but. I don't. I don't have a problem with with Devontae. What's what's he supposed to do? Right. It's 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 a it's an adjustment going from a Hall of Famer to a guy that's not very good. Like, right. Is that what like, a fine line he has to walk? Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He he's he's trying to build up his his guy exactly. before the season starts. Why? And if you're Derek Carr, I mean, you got. How does that not make you feel good? Of course. Yeah. You know, like clearly Devontae Adams believes in Derek Carr. Yes. That's why he wanted to come to Las no Vegas. No doubt about it. He knows what Hall of Fame quarterback play looks like. Right. He's experienced it. If he thinks that Derek Carr can can get to that level, then like who am I to disagree? He, clearly, he's not there right now, but he's 31 years old. Right. You can play till till you're 40 these days. Yes, statistically, he's on pace to be one of the most statistically accomplished quarterbacks right. in NFL history. Now we have to take that with a grain of salt, given how the league has evolved. But nevertheless, Derek Carr is has a resume. Well, put it this way, because um, I'm, I'm glad you bring up the numbers. Because let's say they win a, a Super Bowl or two. All right. Uh, when it's all said and done, the numbers, the statistics, forget the wins and losses and everything like that, um, you know, uh, especially because c- of what happened early on. But the statistics, and if you have a championship or two behind it, will look on paper Hall of Fame worthy. And here's the thing. Was Matthew Stafford being talked about as a Hall of Famer this time last year? I, I Dare I say, Vinny, him and Carr, you know, there's some parallels. There, there are. There are. Quite a few. But now I'm hearing... After the Super Bowl, is 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 he a, is Matthew Stafford a Hall of Fame quarterback? Well, who's to say? It probably maybe you know if they if they win another championship, sure. then you have to start talking about okay, and, and and it makes people start really thinking about all right, 
you know, who did who wrong here? Right. <laughs> you know, was Matthew Stafford couldn't lift the Detroit Lions out of the out of the Detroit Lions' own way. They were the ones. It was their fault. Yeah. That that didn't work. It was the Lions' fault, not the quarterback's fault. Obviously, he goes to win a Super Bowl, so that dude was capable of doing it. You guys didn't build a team around him to do it. Um, for for years, I felt like it was the Raiders kind of letting Derek Carr down. Um, and now if with a right team around him, he could take it to that next level and maybe win a, a, a championship. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but if you have to start looking at him along those lines or a little bit differently. Uh, I mean, what Josh McDaniels is what being his sixth head coach. Derek Carr's six head coach. He's entering his ninth. So are we talking? Are we uh, counting interim? Inter, interims? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you know, interns. like yeah, just and, and we've talked about this on the pod before. But turnover and turnover on the coaching staff, on the sideline, personnel wise, his best receiver, Mari Cooper's getting traded. Khalil Mack's getting traded. They're bringing in players that you know some of them work out, some of them don't. But it's been a constant yes. cycle of turnover since he's been here. One of the things we've talked about on the podcast, right? What what this offseason, what I think the Raiders were aiming for, stability. Yes. Well, let's see what he does with a little stability. Right. Let's see what he does this year with the best, what I believe the best supporting cast he's ever had, with a a coach now um that's more ready for his for another head coaching opportunity that has six Super Bowls as an offensive coordinator and is widely regarded as one of the most creative offensive minds right. in the league today. Let's just see. Yeah. Let's just see what, what 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 Derek Carr does at his age 31 season where a lot of quarterbacks hit their stride and continue to reach their apex. And I think that that's, that's Devontae's that's entire point. That's what he was trying to say. was yeah. like, who, who's to say? You know, who's to say that he won't be? Like, he isn't right now, and that's fair enough. Obviously, he's not a Hall of Famer right now. But then neither is Aaron Rodgers, even though I think Aaron Rodgers <laughs> will. Um, he's got, you know, I, I feel feel like he will. Uh, but but who's to say where this whole thing is going to end up is the whole point of, right. of this with with the type of players that he has uh, around him now um, transitioning over, uh, which I think the offensive line is going to obviously be a, have a big say in how far uh, the, the Raiders go. Uh, still, Brandon Parker getting yep. the getting the you know when the first team goes out there for the first time every practice, it's Brandon Parker um, lining up as as the uh, as as the uh, right tackle. Uh, Alex Leatherwood coming in and subbing for him um, and then playing with the second team. All right. So are we, is that, I mean, you think that that's where this thing is headed? At least right now. Yeah. It, it looks, it, I mean, it would certainly look that way, right? With, with Brandon Parker, um, you know, manning the, the the spot on the first team. And that says, you know, a couple of things. Hey, hey, look, maybe Brandon Parker's playing better. And, right. and you know, the, 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 like he, that's clearly the case, but, right? And also, they haven't, you know, Alex Leatherwood. There's, there needs, he's not developing it the way they want him to right now. Um, yeah, because that's the thing. Like, uh, he could be playing better than Alex Leatherwood, but if Alex Leatherwood's not playing good, that doesn't mean Brandon Parker's playing great. You know, right, what I'm right, saying? right, right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's. Um, however, I don't know. Maybe he is. It, well, because I, mean, I think Leatherwood has looked pretty decent out there so far, to me at least. Um, sure. So, or two. This is the other part that I'm, I'm, I'm wondering: Are they just kind of maybe? sending him a few messages here like look it ain't gonna get handed to you no i mean and it's look it's only we're, we're wrapping up the second week right there's been what seven or eight practices only two with pads so far it's still relatively early and just because alex leatherwood is at this place on the jeff chart in july doesn't mean that's going to be the case in october right it is right now yes we'll see how the rest of training camp goes but that yeah i was definitely it's interesting because a little surprised by that because colton miller 
He's not subbing with anybody. No, he's not. On the first team. John Simpson's not subbing with anybody on the first team. Alex or um, Andre James isn't uh, subbing in and out with anybody on the first team. I mean, there's guys that come in and get their reps Mm -hmm. because that's what you do in training camp and in practice. Uh, And really, honestly, Lester Cotton's been the guy at right right guard. Or excuse me, right guard. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's definitely a competition. And I'm wondering if they're just kind of pushing Alex to say, look, uh, you're not just going to get this handed to you because you were the first round pick uh, last year. Um, uh, you know, you're going to earn it. And look, if he does, that's got to be a confidence boost for him as well. Like I, no, nobody handed me this job, like kind of they did last year, yep. you know, ready or you're not, you know, Alex, you got to play right tackle because we don't really have anybody that we believe can, can play uh, right tackle. And that's what the thought process was. Cause I, I, and the other part about that is that the, I think the, the, the previous staff, having been around Brandon for a long period of time, just felt like there's no, you know, mm-hmm. he's not the guy, but he eventually had to take over at right tackle when Alex moved to, to right guard. So we'll see, like, like Sam said, it's only, um, you know, what, two days of pads so yeah, far. Yeah. Uh, it's very early Saturday and Sunday. They'll be back out there. I think they're going to be in pads. Uh, those, those, uh, or for the next, let's say three days, um, assuming that they're going to practice on Monday. Uh, and then there's a game on Thursday. Um, <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see, first of all, who even plays along the starting offensive line or whatnot, uh, or starters, period, uh, across the board, how many uh, snaps that they're going to get. Do you take anything away, Vinny, from the fact that, like you mentioned, there's it's pretty much been the same five on the offensive line? Like, hey, there's there's – there is some continuity that yeah. continuity developing, right? Which again, we you can't you can't factor it yet in injuries or anything like that. And those things happen during the course of the season, but I, to me, it feels like the fact that there's five every day. Like you want to build continuity yeah. as a unit as a whole, right? And I and I get what Josh McDaniels uh, and Dave Ziegler have talked about. You know, you 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 have to create um, situations where you're you're plugging guys in all over the place um, because. Uh, and the reason they do that is because it might happen in the game where um, all of a sudden, you know, there's uh, Jermaine or Luminar to your left at, at left at, at right guard. Um, and you got to make it work because mm-hmm. somebody got hurt, you know, uh, just throwing names out there. So unless you replicate that in practice or, or, or establish, you know, at least some sort of chemistry uh, in practice with all these other guys, um, you know, you, you you're not going to be in as strong a position as possible if that should happen in the regular season. However, I understand that, but I think it's even more, just as important to get a starting five out there as early as possible to really create cohesiveness, chemistry, and continuity with those guys. I I understand trying to blend guys in from time to time just in case that Mm -hmm. happens in a game and you don't want to be, who who are you again? You Mm -hmm. know, you want to have a little bit of background together, but, but but the majority of it should be those starting five. And I think they're, they're kind of close to it yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, late J- late July, we have preseason games to go through. Maybe, look, maybe something changes in the pre. Who knows? Right. We're still only it's it's still only July, but the fact that again I, I, that the continuity is starting to build with that group, I, I think that's. I mean, that's something that the offensive line hasn't had in the last couple of years. No I mean, doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, well, we're going to wrap up uh, today's uh, podcast. We're going to be back at it uh, hopefully before. Thursday's game, yeah. maybe, maybe on Tuesday or so. Keep an eye out for that um, uh, to kind of to kind of get together, uh, check our notes uh, because it, we should have about three practices before then uh, as they head into uh, into the game on Thursday. Set that thing up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's a football game, man. 
<laughs> on Thursday. There's a football game. I love it. Uh, I know Sam loves it. Uh, thanks to our great producer, uh, Larry Muir, for uh, always making us sound good uh, and all that good stuff. Thanks to our listeners, of course, Sam. That's why we do this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Raider Nation, we love you. Um, so check back in with us next week. Uh, we will definitely set the game up um, on Thursday and uh, have whatever notes uh, that we can gather between now and then. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.